0: It's the Weirdo Walker Jr. Podcast. It's the Weirdo Walker Jr. Podcast. Everybody else sucks, man. I am the best. It's the Weirdo Walker Jr. Podcast. Hey, it's Weirdo Walker Jr., the Pussy King, the pop country killing machine. In a hotel room in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Kansas. I don't know. I think Missouri. I don't know. It's in both states. My throat's killing me from this from this tour. Been singing to you folks every night. Um Wow why, why Why Yeah, shut the fuck up. Hold on. I'm drinking some hot tea, which someone said would be good. They're putting lemon and honey in it. Hold on. I'll ask the shit right there. Um, new podcast date. Tour's been kicking ass, man. Everybody's loving it. Big shows. This is my day off. What I do on my day off, I make a podcast for my fucking fans. And uh some dude the other night fucking uh asked to lick my beard. He thought the show was so good. I told him, glad you like it, man. But, you know, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you come to the show, buy a ticket, buy a t-shirt, whatever. You don't get to lick my fucking beard. So I uh, suck my dick on that. So I'm talking low just to keep my voice ready, so I can rock out. Uh, Kansas City. Listen to a lot of music on this tour. Uh, what I've been listening to, listen to that new Beck. I know it's not real country, but I dig it. It's cool shit. Everything fucking sucks. Um. Credit card didn't work at the hotel. But now we got to work, so I'm in the hotel room. Everything's good, man. Um, got a cool guest on the podcast this week, my buddy Luke Dick. He's a big-time Nashville songwriter. And uh, he's also got a – he's written for uh, Eric Church and uh, Moran Lambert, a lot of people. He'll talk – people dug, dig the songwriting ones, so I like to talk to songwriters. I mean, they're the real – Artists in Nashville, if there's such a thing as artists in Nashville, but he's really cool. He's got this cool side band called Republican Hair, who opened up a few dates for me. He can't really tour with us because he's at home uh, writing hit songs. But um, go check out his band Republican Hair. It's pretty badass. I dig him. Hold on, burp. Yeah, <coughs> there we go. And uh, yeah, the tour's been doing well, and uh, meeting the fans after the shows, and uh, sorry to Covington, Kentucky, we had like 1,200 people there, and played it, sold out of theater, and like, <coughs> there was, <a> security said, <coughs> don't cut that out, whoever's editing this, keep that in. Security said there's no way to get me out there, um, so sorry I didn't get to sign shit in Covington, everywhere else I sign shit, people always tell me I don't sign shit. But I do it at every show, I always meet the fans, so if you hear otherwise, they're lying to you. And no, I don't charge you for fucking, some dude was, got on my Twitter saying I was charging him for a fucking autograph, I don't I don't charge shit. You see that? It's a fucking lie. Signed a dude's leg last night, real big fat leg, um, he said he was going to get a tattoo of my autograph onto his leg, which I uh, thought was pretty cool. Yeah, i seen some crazy shit. People are digging the shows, and uh, something fucking happened to my guitar, too. It's, like, going in and out, broken, but we'll fix it. And what else am I listening to? I still don't listen to that Charlie Warsham record. I really like that. I'm not sure. Uh, and I, I dig this. I dig the aggressive shit. I, I listen to Run the Jewels. You guys listen to them? they're fucking badass so listen to run the jewels listen to republican hair too and uh most of all listen to me make sure you buy old wheeler i don't know why it's hard to follow up a record i mean i think old wheeler's way better than redneck shit but people seem to disagree uh but they're wrong i'm right hold on we get one more sip of this f- hot tea with l- with lemon and honey in it Oh yeah, I had the weirdest thing happen the other night. This dude uh got all pissed at me. He wanted to. Uh, he wanted to take a picture with me and I was behind the merch booth and uh, I said, just you know, climb over and take a selfie with me. He said I w- he wanted a beside. I don't know what that means. He said, I want to be. he tweeted me a bunch. I want a beside. I think that meant he wanted to be beside me, but the picture is him with his fucking arm, his arms around my body and his arms around my neck. You know, he's like, can't hey, get much closer than that. Our chase are basically together. I will, in his defense, I'll say he did a, uh, um, tweet me an apology, but um, it was crazy getting like twelve thousand tweets about. Hey man, I want to beside. I want to beside. I'd never even heard that term before. You after he goes after all, I've, all of all of uh, you know. I've supported you so much, and all, all I asked for was a beside. Never heard that term. It's pretty fucking weird. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the podcast. This is my talk with my buddy Luke Dick. Again, his band is Republican Hair. There's uh It's cool, man. It's got kind of a like a Beck, you know, weird, kinda of almost like New Wave kind of feel. But definitely check it out. Definitely uh Spotify and all the streaming places that you can buy. I'm pretty sure iTunes and all that shit. So go find it. So listen to my conversation with uh, Luke Dick. Throw hurts. All right. Here's, here's the interview. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. Everybody else sucks, man. I am the best. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. All right. We're here. We're starting. I'm Wheeler Walker Jr. here with Luke Dick. You were about to say something?
1: Yeah. I was going to say that I feel like for every pound that I gain, I have to gain a pound of charisma to make up for it. How's that working out? I don't know. I mean, I'm because uh, you got a lot of charisma. I got a legend. I'm a sort of a legend in my own mind. It's sort of. Yeah, you like
0: got a lot of charisma. I don't know if you you got the pounds for it, but <laughs> um, but see, this is the thing I fucking hate. Now I gotta be some serious because I'm here with Luke Dick, who's a big national songwriter, among other things. Who I know, and i not going to pretend like I'm some fucking broadcaster, you know, like yeah. ans- asking questions. Yeah. But I do, for the people out there listening who are... um, let you know a little bit about my podcast, I put out a podcast and I get 80 tweets asking why is ain't not on this week. <laughs> so, for those listeners, tell us a little bit about your background. Because your background story is real interesting. That's Sturgill's
1: background or mine?
0: Sturgill's. <laughs> I gotta get I gotta get fucking uh, listeners here, man. No one gives a shit about you. No, but you're you uh you had that documentary that you were talking about. The day yeah, I'm,
1: um I'm was raised in Oklahoma and my mom um she moved to Oklahoma when she was fifteen and um had gotten married at fifteen. God knows why. Um, is that was that legal then? I guess, man, um, but it was, you know... Is I mean, it so?
0: I'm, I could go. I'm go yeah, I, to mean, moved, I
1: don't know. I moved to a, a podunk town in Colorado, I guess, and give it a whirl, um, but you're not 15 anymore.
0: No, but this, <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing this girl who's going to be 15 in a couple of years. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking.
1: we The um. So she gets married and moves to Oklahoma City, um, and then at 16... She starts um, doing these dance competitions and then starts working at the strip joint called The Red Dog. Um, How old was she when she had you? Well, she was 21 when she had me. So then uh, another divorce, and then she ends up marrying my dad, who was a patron at this joint called The Red Dog. So when
0: you were born, your mom was a stripper?
1: Yeah, when I was conceived, my mom was a stripper. And then my dad had started selling insurance and stuff, and so they moved away. And... When I was an infant they a young infant, they split up, and she was sort of um back into that lifestyle and that
0: was just so it was just you and her living together?
1: yeah, it was just me and her and she we lived with my grandma for a minute and then she, we moved out on our own and had I remember it was a sort of a host of roommates and then a boyfriend here, a boyfriend there and then so um my well, mom worked how, there How old were you
0: when you realized your mom was a stripper or what that was
1: i you know I knew that she you know, I knew where she worked, which was the Red Dog. Um, but I didn't know what the Red Dog was or anything. When you're a toddler, it's not like anything that shit matters, you know. So, yeah. I mean, it wasn't until later that I think a friend, um, I think it was a friend, a fellow dancer of hers, because we we moved out to the country when I was five or so, and I started kindergarten way on the country. And um, some of the people that were Red Dog Colleagues, I guess you would say <laughs>
0: Move my like back back, maybe a, like a um,
1: split so thing. some of the some of the um, red dog colleagues would come and hang out at our place for a week. And we had a just um, country spot. We were way out in the middle of nowhere. So we'd have bonfires and stuff. Anyway, his family friends, this old this other dancer that was a friend of my mom's had a son who was about my age. And he was like, well, you know, our moms used to dance. It's like, "What?" no, she said she was a bartender and I was like no he's like no man they used to dance <laughs>
0: oh so at this point they hadn't been dancing anymore
1: well this is, yeah this was years after oh. you know i mean you don't know oh so
0: you they, didn't you didn't know she was a stripper while she was doing it, it no it you mean. don't know
1: what a stripping is when you're 3 you know it's not like you put all that yeah. kind of sort of sexual context um to it what was your reaction when you found out um gosh i can't even remi- uh, imagine any sort of emotional content to it other than Oh, wow, okay, um, and then put that to bed, I don't think, I, my mom was not the most modest person in the world anyway, she was a great mom, um, I mean, by that time, we were like, in the country, you know, I was playing drums and marching band, and playing football, and stuff like that, so it wasn't like...
0: What'd you play in football?
1: I played defensive end, and... Okay, I could see that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, so I was well into my life. My mom was well into another life. So it just seemed like some sort of. What do you mean the
0: other? What was the other life? Our
1: an, another life that wasn't the red dog. We were yeah. just sort of country living, you know. My dad worked a um, worked a union job, and he drove into the city every day. Had it like sixty miles into Oklahoma City, fifty miles or whatever into the
0: city every day to work his job, and come home. It was pretty normal, you know. Okay. Well, now is the point where I want to tell people. I want to get into the country music because you're a hit country music songwriter, which I probably should have said earlier instead of just like people thinking I'm just having strippers kids on (laughs) my podcast. Like it's a new podcast (laughs) where I interview strippers kids. But um, where did your interest in uh, country music start? Was it that?
1: You know, um, my dad listened to all kinds. My mom listened to all kinds of music. And I wouldn't say that our household was rich in country music To tell you the truth um, I might I might get Burned at the stake In Nashville for that But we I mean we listened to I remember having A Hank Jr. tape That was my dad's And sort of Listening to it On my headphones I had a Walkman I got a Walkman In like 1986 D-
0: Didn't that That changed my Fucking life when I, got it that cha- Walkman. I loved
1: it It was like This sort of Intimate experience Of music And checking out Hank Jr. And I remember There was a Song about Him Some guy Some character That would fire people, and he he fired Sammy Pruitt, and he fired this, and he fired some people he didn't even know, and, and then somewhere in the song, he says the word ass, you know, and like, kiss my ass, or something like that, and I just remember, don't, if you, you know, if you ain't down with that, you don't give a damn, and I just thought it was the most amazing thing, somebody cussing on a, on a, on a recording, I just would rewind it and listen to the cuss. Yeah, word. I had
0: that same experience, but with, you know, when I first got into hip hop, I was just yeah. like, holy shit, like hope my parents can't hear this
1: yeah, yeah well i mean that was that must have been 19 <coughs> excuse me it must have been 1985 or so when i first heard hank jr and so we had hank jr and like marshall tucker band but then and, and like i would say fringe country acts that's what yeah because
0: we, at that point hank jr who i do in his own way i think he's kind of underrated in some ways um because i think he's thought of as maybe like a caricature a little bit maybe yeah. but i mean he, but i don't think people he's you listen to that shit it's so fucking good but he was definitely like almost like it it wasn't like country rock but it was like a some rock in some country it, kind of
1: yeah it was just um it, i mean it's sort of strange backwoodsy kind of thing and it was different than charlie daniels but i would lump them in sort of a similar yeah. category but uh, I don't know. Well, I what's
0: the what's song? I always always makes me. He's lo- like, gay guitar pickers don't get me off. That song about you know, he's all against the disco. Like you know, um, song. Uh, he's like, we don't get off on Donna Summers. Blah blah blah. You know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> don't, I'll I will have to look it that up.
1: One. I don't know that one. The um, but that stuff. Um, I I loved it, and I loved it when I came to Nashville. Um, probably in o five or o six, and strangely or i had stopped i I mean that was the extent of my country listening and i remember garth brooks came out when, when whatever 90 what 94 92 93 something yeah and i remember hearing some of that and i was really into rock music by then and you know then i was starting to play instruments and this we did a little carpool because we lived i lived 20 miles outside or 15 miles outside of a town of 1,500. And so we'd do carpools and stuff sometimes if we weren't riding the bus or whatever. And this girl loved, loved Garth Brooks, and I just could not admit that I liked Garth Brooks. I I liked Friends in Low Places. I had the
0: the opposite problem because everyone in my fucking high school loved Garth Brooks, and they would not stop fucking playing in the hallway and singing (laughs) Friends in Low Places. Like, it wouldn't fucking stop. Like, you'd go into the class and the fucking teacher's just singing s- friends in a little place <laughs> at his desk i was like and it always made me this because people don't remember that um you know they talk about pop country now like at the time garth brooks was like kind of almost what like what I make fun of Florida George line for P- Garth Brooks was this guy who was taking country mainstream and making it pop. He was the pop country guy at the time.
1: Totally. I mean, he sold more records. didn't didn't he sell more records than the Beatles or something like that. I mean, nobody's gonna top. Oh, that. it's
0: crazy. My my hometown, um b- basketball's huge and the arena's twenty three thousand. And he just he came and played there recently. And I guess the twenty three thousand for him is just like, you know, a local club. So he right. I guess the only way they can get him there, he played two Shows in one night, two shows in one night. Like Twenty three thousand, <laughs> six thirty and nine thirty. Because friends, friend, some friends of mine were there, and there, you know, the stairs like were got crammed because people getting out and going. He didn't, he didn't pull any punches. It was a three hour fucking show. Whoa. And I think it was, so, I think you know because I was into a lot of the kind of music you were into too. It was but my parents loved Garth Brooks and all my. Friends, parents. I always wanted to not listen to the shit that they listen. Yeah,
1: that's to. what I didn't want to admit that I liked Garth Brooks, but I liked Garth Brooks. And I remember Rodeo came out, and that I didn't know what it was then, but is that roads that roads lick at the beginning of the song, and I was like, wow, what is that? It's so cool. It still sounds great to me. Um, but I those that was the extent of my of my of my country music. My I guess my affair with country music by then. Um, because I was in N.W.A. and I was into I was into Nirvana and stuff like this. That's what I wanted to play, you know.
0: Yeah, and then so you moved, and then you moved out to New York, right?
1: Well, I moved here in oh five or oh six. I moved to Nashville, and um, actually, it was right down the street. I uh, these guys, I randomly, I was playing, I was opening for, I had a alt country band. Um, I sort of stopped playing rock and roll, I had a kid and I was like, man, I kind of want to do some lyrics and stuff, do more lyrical stuff and get into storytelling and stuff. And so I started this alt country band and randomly found a, there was a connection in Oklahoma to Nashville and I ended up out here. They wanted to sign me to a production deal and a publishing deal and try to get a record deal or whatever. And so, um, I was just actually just right a block away from here, making a record i didn't know what to do you know i didn't know what to think of it all um but i i, I w- didn't fail miserably but it was kind of pretty much a failure i didn't you know it didn't quite work it wasn't what people wanted or whatever didn't not was not what the yeah I, I think every
0: once in a while people try i think people try to be like you know it's time for <coughs> alt country or it's time for this kind you know something new and it never no new shit never works but so after that, you moved. Is that when you moved to
1: New- No, I'm, yeah, I moved here. I lived here for probably four or five years and, um, just couldn't get any traction as a rider or anything. And, um, I moved to New York because I was, by then, I'd had a, I'd been going to college like the whole time. I worked at a, f- driving a forklift and then went to college and driving a forklift, raising a kid and, um, studying philosophy of all things in and that's college. when
0: that's when you became a stripper right that's when i became a stripper okay um, that was a joke <laughs> by the way for people listening the
1: <laughs> so then um i was here and nothing was happening and i was i started teaching college with a master's degree and thought um this isn't working you know i had just recently f- fired up a uh, relationship with my current wife and she was moving to New York and I thought, you know, I'd been there one time and it was uh, utterly overwhelming, um, but I thought it was interesting and I said, well, I'm going to go give it a whirl. Maybe I'll just go get a PhD and I'll be a professor the rest of my life and that'll be it. And I c- clearly cannot figure out how to do music for a living. So yeah. I moved there. Um, how, how was it?
0: Because I'm with you. I mean, when I get off the plane in New York, it's just like, when the fuck can I get back on the plane? It's just, It's just too overwhelming for me.
1: Man, there were, honestly, there were more people in my building than there were in the tiny farm community where I was raised, Um, but the, I don't know, the truth is, man, is that I got into it, and I actually kind of like people, so just going to the deli and getting a cup of coffee in the morning, walking my kid to school and stuff like that, that was actually really fun, and all my life was consolidated to like a quarter mile radius, and you get to know the guy who fixes your shoes or whatever and um it was super neighborly and i loved it and i didn't i made i made a record by myself there and i started making music that made it into commercials and advertising and whatnot and then i started But getting
0: the music but bugs bugs still hadn't left yeah it was point. there i
1: was still t- i was teaching college but then i was making music on my what, days were, you, off. what were you teaching I taught whatever in intro to philosophy, ethics, aesthetics, logic. So were you already were you always
0: into philosophy and that kind of
1: stuff? You know, I, I I actually started college as a music business major, and I was in this class, and it was like maybe two months into it, I thought, "Hey, man, uh, you know, I don't. Music is a pretty wily business. I don't know how I could ever make money, but I love music and wanted to play. it. I was like, maybe I'll just learn how to be in the business, and that will hedge my bets and and this guy came and talked to my college. I ended up graduating from Garth Brooks's high school in Yukon, Oklahoma. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so this guy came and talked, and he taught at a school, and he managed Roy Clark and managed the, the Oak Ridge Boys and all this stuff, and he had this little school inside a school in Oklahoma City, at Oklahoma City University. And I thought, well, I'll go do that. And I got in there, and it's like two months in, and this dude's talking about, <coughs> well, When you're touring in Russia with uh, Roy Clark, this is what you need to do. And I was like, touring in Russia with fucking Roy Clark? I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. That has no bearing on my life whatsoever. I don't know how I'm ever going to do it. This doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I'm
0: still kind of puzzled by, what was this, probably the eight. What the fuck was Roy Clark doing in Russia?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine Roy Clark getting that call? (laughs) You know... You got a tour lined up? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, we're gonna, you, g- going to go to Gulag, to Gulag, taking the banjo, right? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't
0: know. Holy shit, man. Anyway, they can f- I'll tell you what, I wish I had taken some music business classes or something. Cuz we're the, doing this for people listening. I, we're doing this for my manager's office. <laughs> and if I could do it without these fucking fuckers, you know. They, I'd be happy to. They um there there's no um there's no school
1: for the kind of ruthlessness <laughs> Music business, it's fucking man. ruthless man I mean They should lay out the I love it How they get these kids Into college And they Oh this Great new career In audio engineering A great new career In music I wish they'd just Show them the stats You know And show them The, the paycheck Of the Of the Of of just a middle Middle of the road Songwriter A middle of the road Artist or whatever And show them All the hours That they've invested Or
0: even like You know Here's how much Your favorite band Made this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, your local band that sold twelve tickets at the local bar. These guys sold a hundred thousand tickets this year, and they're living in an apartment smaller than yours. You That's know. right.
1: That's right. It's um, it's not ex- exactly as if music, um, the music business has all of the money or anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, and you and I have both been coming up at a time where every day is, every new day is the worst day in the history of the music business. <laughs> It's like, there's nobody There's a few people selling records But that's just accidents You know, it's just like the, the Certain artists apparently have followings with Of people who don't know how to use computers, I guess <laughs> Yeah, I don't you know. know Who's buying uh,
1: You know, I got a few of my songwriting buddies Who still buy records And, and do the downloads and stuff like well, that I have
0: friends who give me You know, can you listen to this and give me a CD? I go, N- man, I literally, can't, I can't Mm-mm. I don't have a CD player, you know Like, yes. you know
1: but then you know I'll have some people in the business who work with my music be like, well, we need to print some
0: CDs. I'm like, for who, man? Are like, you get well, some I, seventy year olds? We're pitching this. Yeah, to? I think country still has the most people who buy shit. You know, because my album was banned from Walmart and Best Buy and all that shit. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, oh, who gives a shit? Who buys albums there? Uh-huh. Apparently, a lot a of, lot of fucking, people. A lot of fucking people. A lot to make uh, whatever I sold add sixteen zeros, and that's what Luke Combs sold. Wow. Know?
1: Well, maybe that's why we're not we're not um, yeah to that's that what, level. that's
0: why we're hanging out on a Monday afternoon yeah, by and ourselves and some yeah.
1: some uh, creepy uh, attic or wherever this
0: is yeah exactly um, <laughs> so anyway let's get to that into the, the exciting part for the listeners is when you started writing those the Eric Church hits the uh, whatever hits but you know you move you decide some place like that I'm not gonna be happy doing this I got to go to Nashville yeah give another um
1: honestly I I was about to start a PhD program in in New York. And I started getting calls from, from the student Nashville who worked with Eric and work with Dirks, And he said, man, you got any songs for Dirks?" And I'm like, well, uh, you know, my whole record that I just finished is like in falsetto and about the afterlife. And, um, I don't think he's going to be into it, man. But, um, I really (laughs) think thanks for the call, but he said, all right, man, look me up when you get to Nashville. And so, um, you know, to condense the story, he, um I came, I started, I ended up signing a, a publishing deal in Nashville because I'd had a l- bunch of minor successes, and he sat down with me and said, man, these songs on this record are really good, which was a kind of a weird record, and he said, uh, you know, Eric likes this song, and you, you guys should write together. Who is this again? Arturo Bueno oh, I know Arturo. Yeah, yeah. who is, um eric's partner and the publishing company and s- you know sort of brought eric in to a publishing deal and eric started in nashville and the same with Dirk's and, s- and other bunch of other oh, i know where
0: i met him at the t- at the Troubadour.
1: oh yeah he we was out in yeah he was out in in la but anyway he, he you know brought me in and so we just uh, slowly started you know working into rights and working up ideas and it was honestly he Um, He was really cool about You know I
0: don't want Well that's That's kind of Even that story's cool Which is something You don't get nowadays Which (coughs) is Yeah these songs Aren't right for Dirks Bentley But I hear good songs here We could You know you could You could make it Which is not something You have today I feel
1: like Eric and um, And Arturo and Dirks to a certain degree Are a little bit Outside of the I mean I guess They're mainstream Because they sell A lot of records But they're Always digging on the edges, you know, for stuff. Oh and, yeah. Um, so it gave me more freedom to be myself and write songs and to try and to bring in ideas to the writing room that, with those guys, that um, I might not be able to take in with other artists. And it's so far, it's been really great and strong. Well,
0: like the fir- like, let's take uh, like the story of your first cut. Yeah. What's that? My very first like country cut. Yeah, the first time you're you're like, get a call. So and so is gonna record your Well, song.
1: it's never as mysterious like as it as it sounds. Usually, it's somebody that you know already. And mm-hmm. Moore have been coming around, and um, I had this uh, just this weird kind of this weird song. Um, it was just a this verse about Houdini and um, how love was kind of bullshit, you know, um, like that you imagine love all this sort of smoke and mirrors stuff and um but then this guy gets duped into it you know and this this big soaring anthemic chorus and like called magic and um he's like i love that i think it's it was kind of in a weird time signature and the sounds were a little bit weird and stuff and he, he just said i want to come work on that with you so he came and started working on it and he. Then you know you, that's the first step, and then they say, "Well, it made the record." You know, "Well, we, you know, can you come play this, or can we use your guitar parts, or can we do this?" And then, and then it ends up on a record, and then maybe it ends up on the radio. You know, it's always one little step at a time.
0: Um, so, and you got a, you got a cut on that you sent, you played for me. That's on his new record too. On Kip's record, yeah,
1: yeah, I got a couple on there. Um, so I was really happy. I produced that one, and.
0: Um, you produced that
1: song? I produced that song. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and co produced another one on the record and then and then got a another song of mine that was cut on his record. So he, he's and so that's how you I guess you know, Kip's always been interested in what I was working up as a song. Yeah, I don't
0: there. know him and I don't know his music that well. I mean I've heard like your shit and you know, I listened to the record. Seems like a little bit more um what's the word you know not playing by the rules kind of guy no nah, man you know it's
1: kind of gotten him in trouble some too um he, um i d- some people, you know, respond to it, and some people think he needs to play the radio game a little bit more. I don't know. You know, it's like I try to stay out of all that business. It's, it's My business is to come up with songs. That's it. And to make up sounds and make up songs. So and at that point, up. were
0: you writing stuff by yourself then and sending it off to people?
1: Yeah. I would, well, I mean, Kip came in, and we started writing songs together, we, so we are developing sounds, and he was, like, you know, sort of getting a, just, just learning what each other likes. Is this so. the two of you with a guitar, or are you guitar yeah guitars electric guitars I've got a little
0: studio um but were you were you doing like almost demos or is it just yeah
1: i would i would be i would be working up sounds you know my whole business or not I don't I hate to call it a business but I the only way that I'd up to then I started actually making money on music was in like film and television and advertising and stuff like that and it'd be like you have to turn out a, a something that you know sounds awesome in a day and so I'd just be c- Just in there, twiddling knobs and stuff, and trying to come up with
0: sounds with a guitar, or maybe with drums and a guitar, or drums and a bass. Because you and I did that, did a song. I don't want to give away the song, but we did like a kind of on purpose, kind of bad (laughs) pop country song, and it sounds better than the shit on the radio. So you know, you obviously, learn, you know,
1: yeah, you learn learn to work quick, and you just try to enjoy, you know, enjoy yourself and um, come up with stuff that is inspiring to write lyrics behind or, or. you know, maybe it leads lyric Or maybe you have a lyric That leads into a sound Or something so like that So I
0: was that. reading an article One of the articles About you I think it was Rolling Stone Country And they're Talking about how you're More of a a lyric guy Is that how you Describe yourself But when I As I know you, you You're You are you you know You play every instrument You produce Yeah, it, yeah too. I, I don't know I, I mean I love lyrics And
1: I, I I hate not being A part of the lyrics Sometimes when I'm In a right Usually people come A lot of times People come to my studio And so we'll work out of we might start with just guitars mm-hmm. in a room. We might start with a little beat that I have or something like mm-hmm. that, and we work into a lyric, or maybe I have a lyric or something, and we work into that somehow musically. But I, I hate it when I'm turning around, working on a guitar part or something, and people start running away with lyrics because I like being a part of the lyrics. But I, I kind of, I would consider myself a, a producer, instrumentalist, yeah, writer. Yeah, I mean, do
0: you think people think of you as a more of a lyricist? And some some points, just because you write. Lyrics that aren't like everyone else's. Yeah, man, time.
1: I I don't know. Um, we should get everybody in here and ask them.
0: Yeah. Well, I just had I just had a, <laughs> I shed Shane, MacInally. Who, yeah. Who you, what uh, he did he say anything about me? No, you didn't. You didn't. He come didn't me bring up, me up. No. I said who are the best songwriters in Nashville? Who did he say? And I said no, I said name the top one hundred. You weren't on the list. I wasn't on the list. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't have <laughs> the top one hundred. Um, but uh, I th- now brag for a little bit. Let's talk about you know where people would know your stuff from
1: oh um man i've had a i mean i feel like i'm ju- actually just getting started in nashville because i've only been back here for three I mean, three years three and a half and since then i mean kip's cut a few on his last couple of records and eric has cut um a couple of his what'd, you, la-
0: what'd you get nominated for
1: I got nominated for a song of the year last year, ACM song of the year, um, with Kill a Word, which was an Eric Church song. Um, And his current single, Round Here Buzz, that was he and I, and our buddy Jeff Hyde. So was Kill a Word. Jeff Hyde was on that, too. Um,
0: What's it like working with Eric? I've never met the guy. Uh, Man, he is...
1: uh, He always has uh, a sense of, to me, it's... I always feel like he's like on the tips of his toes, kind of in a way, you know. Like he's energized and frenetic in his in his artistic pursuits, and always looking for the next, looking what to do next. He's always seems energized about what he want about uh, energized about doing something, and he and he he has as much as if not more vision than. I hate to put a superlative on it, but he ha- he has as much, if not more artistic sort of direction as any artist in any genre, really. Yeah,
0: I mean, those are the best guys I think I've always found are just guys who like, you know, like, for example, Eric Church knows an Eric what an Eric Church song is better than anyone. Yeah. As he should be, you know. Yeah. But he has an idea of where he wants it to he's, go. Yeah,
1: he's not ge- he's not guessing, and and he's not waiting around for people to tell him what he ought to do or something like that. And that that's something. And it, now he's earned it, you know. I mean, he's three, four albums into major success. Um, but there was a time where he had to just rely on his own faith in himself, you know, before he became a huge star, before radio started really taking hold with him, and that's when. Uh, uh, you know that back now it's he's you know sort of relies on that people have bit p- people have responded to
0: what it, it well, yeah, is I, that he's more doing. Yeah, one of my like a question, which I don't even think is an important question, but like someone like I almost wonder if he's even really country. I don't even know because I wouldn't take it. I don't mean it as an insult, but just like yeah, he's, uh, he's kind of his own thing, you know. Yeah, but
1: uh, that's true. But I mean, it's like I don't know. I like genre games to me yeah. are just like. Uh, kind of silly to me. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't even like. I don't like them. The the, and it's not because I have something to gain from it. I just think it's like just just spinning your wheels pursuit, kind of like. Um, it's like ESPN sitting around talking the best quarterbacks of all time or some kind of stuff like that. That's nothing that is provable or anything yeah, like that.
0: What if? Yeah, you know, like what if? What if LeBron at his height played magic? Yeah. Played Jordan at his height. Yeah, who the yeah, fuck that's knows? The, yeah, who knows? I, I, guess I think uh, I think it's more of a mo- like um. It's helpful for the labels, like as a market, You know, like who, we, what record stations are going to send? Yeah, to I do? mean,
1: but and to be, and yeah, to be quite frank about it, it's can it be on country radio and will co- country radio programmers play this? That it, it, that is really. I mean, if that is part of what country, it's part of what it is. To me, though, what country is is a it's a lyrical style. Um, it's a lyrical style that is qu- quasi-narrative and thematic, you know, when you're going to sit down and write about something. Here's the theme, you know, it is um, a song called Springsteen, and it's about remembering songs. It's about songs that take you back somewhere, you know, so so that that that's, and then there's all the creativity that's packed into getting you there. Well, you that's interesting and the an
0: interesting answer, because whenever we talk about country music, no one really d- talks about l- lyrically you know they always spend so much time it's got the pedal steel and the yeah you know this and that but the l- lyrically and the storytelling is such a b- big part of it you know
1: yeah I, I think it's more to me it's more of a part of it than than the instrumentation um you know people who sit around and gripe about country music and talk about well Loretta Lynn or, and Loretta Lynn is great but Loretta Lynn people were griping about her when she was around because she was cutting edge you know it's like she was
0: was banned from the radio
1: banned from the radio people people getting banned for using drum sets and stuff like that it's like do you think 808s and hip-hop beats are that's um that's just the natural progression of of music in general but the the some kind of a country perspective is to me what makes something country um if it relates to country folk and and th- tr- that's not to say that i love everything that's on country radio i it's i i like about five percent of all music if that you know i was
0: gonna say wh- can you give me this this five percent because that sounds fucking high to me Yeah, it pr- might be pretty high um but i do think in general there's an, there's enough good music out there that keeps me interested you know yeah i uh, i mean I'd, i i fa- i fall in love with music every year um, yeah
1: uh, there's always something to love uh T- to me, anyway.
0: Um, yeah, I think people are kind of. Uh, I think country music radio is kind of running in circles right now. That's just me, but you know, I'm I, also I, I don't listen to it, so I don't know. Yeah. But I just I see the songs that are on there, and it seems like the, the the same old shit. I know you did. A, wh- what were you saying before you did some shit recently? I know you did some stuff on that Miranda. Re- oh, Miranda. I had
1: some cuts on the Miranda. I had two cuts on the Miranda record. Which
0: was gr- I, I love that record. I don't. Yeah,
1: it's super cool. Um She's aw- she's another awesome writer. Um,
0: so she's in the room with you when you write.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, she cut outside songs, but I've written with her before. She cut songs that she didn't write with me, um, which was flattering to me. I thought it was really. Um, I don't take that stuff lightly in a town where it's hard to, you know. So it's, it's hard yeah, to just hard enough
0: again. to just even get them to listen. Probably. Yeah, exactly. And like, what what which songs did you write on the on the new one? Highway Vagabonds. That's I love th- I love that tune. Thank you. And this other song called Pink Sunglasses. I Like that one, yeah. Um, but both those. I mean, that's why I think we've got along. Gotten along. And what I dig about you is, those are pretty um, specific, and point. You know, have a point of view songs. It ain't like. Yeah, you, as know, as I you s- know, I saw saw somebody ripping on Pink Sunglasses the other day,
1: and um, you know, you try it, I. You gotta you sort of measure, press in inches, not in, um, not in, um, qu- I guess quality or 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 what they say oh, about yeah. you. I guess, but the truth is, I thought it was a. I really loved riding it. I'm sort of a rose-colored glasses kind of thing, where you're. It's like I just want to sort of put on a pair of sunglasses and tell everybody to get fucking lost. Sometimes, you know.
0: Uh. Yeah, but just like. Even just those titles, you don't hear... The, those not those kind of titles you hear in country music. You know, it's just like my two biggest hits were Miss You Girl and, you know, <laughs> Lots of Love. You know, it's Highway Vagabond and Pink Sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. That song. was,
1: to be to, to be fair, um, me and Nat Hemby, um, who write a lot of songs together, we actually, me and Natalie Hemby wrote both of those songs. One with uh, Vagabond was with Mack and Allie, and then uh, Pink Sunglasses was Rodney and too. But sh- we're always... Um, digging around for titles and her instagram is this picture of her kid looking all sassy with a pair of pink sunglasses and she just put pink sunglasses underneath that night earmarked it and then when she came in i kind of had a chorus all m- mapped out for oh, you I'm that's like, awesome yeah and i was like here's what we here's what we do do you
0: find your ideas start more because here's the most common question i get probably because uh. my lyrics are so crazy do you start it's almost like a third grade question do you start with the music or do you start with the lyrics i know the yeah. answer is both but like what yeah. do you um that song started with the lyrics pink sunglasses
1: started with the lyric and then i i had and i and I just leave the lyric there i'll have a phone full of titles or whatever that i find interesting and then i just remember hitting this riff one time it was just sort of baritone guitar riff and it's like Ooh, maybe that's you know and i just sort of looked at my titles and i'm like Ooh, maybe pink sunglasses goes with that and then you just start messing around and seeing what melodically falls into place and that's what fell in there Vagabonds was i had I had two lines that was you know i wanna i wanna go I was sitting in f- <laughs> I was sitting in front of a sandwich shop and I just like didn't wanna go in yet I didn't wanna deal with human beings yet and I hear so that. i just yeah I was just sitting there for maybe five minutes and I was just said to myself, you know i wanna go somewhere where nobody knows you know I wanna know somewhere where nobody goes <laughs> and uh And I brought those lines in, and it was kind of a, I was a little bit nervous because I'd only written with Shane a couple of times. I mean, these are big, big fucking songwriters. You know, they had the hits and stuff. Oh, yeah. He brought Natalie in, and I really liked a lot of the stuff that, that, that I'd heard of hers, and I was excited to write with her. So I had these sort of sounds worked up, and I said, man, I don't know what it is, but I just like had those two lines. And Shane
0: is like a lightning rod. That guy's like,
1: oh my God, oh my God, I love this. And, uh, yeah
0: it's it's what's uh, what i found interesting the more time i've spent in the i don't know what you call it, and just i'm making quotation marks on a podcast as mm-hmm. people can't see <laughs> but it's interesting to me how much i don't like country radio i don't like most of the country stuff but the people around you know i've met so many songwriters that you know that are great people and i love you know shane and hemby you yeah. you know there's a lot of just the people behind it have the right motives you yeah. know you know, there's. You could not probably off the top, top of your tongue, tip of your tongue, name. You don't have to do it, but like, ten, fifteen great songwriters in town. But it'd be harder right. to name ten, fifteen artists. Right. I would assume. Well, I mean,
1: you know, I mean, we. I spend all my days with writers. I love. I mean, I, I. It's hard for me. To say, I. You know, you want to say something that's like well, i put these writers up against anybody. I don't know. I've never written with everybody in New York or everybody in L.A. or whatever. All I know is that I have people I love writing songs with and he will go any number of places with me on a song. I mean, Natalie and John Randall showed up and I had a song that I wanted to write called Fuck a Bomb, Drop a Single. And, uh, and I'm like, well, I got this today. And they're like, fuck yeah, let's write it. Let's do this. And so, I mean... They, they'll they write it, we'll write anything and put, you know, sort of put your, your, get your toolbox out, you know, and get your, let your brain stew over and, and try to write anything, you know, and that's, it's ex- exciting to wake up to every day to me.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool, I, f- songwriting is such a cool challenge because it's, um, I, I like the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I like the, uh, parameters of it. it's like you gotta you, got, you only got four minutes or yeah, whatever yeah. it is to say this and you there's rules of I'm not saying there's rules but you know you could you don't have to make it rhyme but you know it's, yeah, it's most it's likely it's gonna rhyme it'd you be know nice it'd be nice people dig it when, when you rhyme you know it's like <laughs> they like melodies yeah. you know it's like there's a certain amount of rules when you even before you really get into it you know it's like what if I can say the challenge of doing something new is so hard because it's all. There's not many ideas you come up with. that are like, oh, I'm the first one to this. Yeah, you yeah, know.
1: yeah. And I read something from another songwriter one time. It was like, you want to write a great song, find a, a chord progression that people have used uh, half a dozen times, and try to write a song over that. That's a good place to start. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you can't copyright chord progressions. So no, yeah. no.
1: He's, but but it gives you a play. You know, I don't know. It gives you so, it gives you a parameter. I remember that was the weird thing about advertising is like you know, it wasn't like I was writing ketchup is my favorite thing and it wasn't it wasn't goofy, um You didn't you it? didn't do by and you didn't do Yeah, that, that by menon wasn't mine. No. But I did I mean it was like they would give you parameters like, you know, fifteen things it's like well we kind of like this genre we kind of like this we needed to say say stuff about this and so then you dig around in there, and then that sounds sterile as fuck as i'm saying it but the truth is is that so to have some kind of a parameter and then to try to be creative and make something that you actually like within that that's the challenge and i don't know it's always it's still i've not grown bored of it yet that's for are, sure
0: are, are there times where you just are there is there a stack of songs you got that's like how the fuck did this not get cut? You know, like I talked to Shane, like he's like some of my worst songs were number one. There's some songs that were great that didn't get shit, yeah. You know, I feel like I have some that are sitting there
1: that I it's their head scratches where I'm just like I you know I don't know I don't know why this, this somebody's
0: not cutting this, but I mean. But you had, you could also say too for this you could be driving and listening to the radio like how the fuck is this on the radio? Yeah,
1: totally. But then I also feel like I mean songwriters are artists too and there's some degree of, you know, just sort of wild naivete you have to you have to come into the into it with thinking that you're the shit, you know, or, or else if you don't have that kind of dumb confidence, you just aren't probably Well yeah when people far. start
0: people start approaching me for songs when the first record took off I was like fucking easiest as pie. Just take fucking dick and pussy out of it <laughs> you got yourself a hit. And I sat down to do it and I'm like First of all, it's hard for me to take all those words out, but it's also just like <laughs> I t- I'm just sitting like all of a sudden I'm just sitting by myself writing a, a love song about a girl who doesn't even exist. You know I'm just <laughs> I'm copycatting like shitty country songs. It's yeah, like, I'm writing these bad kind of songs. I mean I can't say that I haven't written a crummy song because
1: I've written plenty of crummy songs, but the truth is, is that I, when I'm searching for stuff in my head when I'm writing a song, I'm trying to go places that I've been before, even if it's just a little. Vignette of a place that I've been, or a feeling that I've had, and try to get grabbing images from experiences that you've had, so that it's all kind of <clears throat> image furniture that that will, you know, light the brain. Well, yeah, up I mean, a again,
0: bit. I mean, I'm, I don't even know the um, like. I I'm not like I actually saw someone let me into Eric Church's last tour. I don't know his music. I wouldn't say I know his music super well. I mm-hmm. know it and I like it. What I've heard. But like, like you just hear the title, kill a word, and it mm-hmm. just like, it's like a puzzle. Like, what does that mean? You know, it, it draws you in, like you know, because it's not.
1: Anything. I didn't know what it was when it, you know, when it. I just, I don't know why I thought about that. I mean, I, I mean, I, I had that was, a title, and I, and it was one for a while. It was sit there in my inbox, or sit there in my iphone it was kill one word and i didn't know like what one word it was and then i just changed one to uh and then i mean it was kind of off to the races
0: yeah
1: i mean i don't know you know sometimes you just write stuff down that you it comes in your head and then
0: yeah i'd like to have stories like that where mine are just like you know this bitch pissed me off so i wrote fuck you bitch there's not like a whole (laughs) lot there's not like a whole lot to it you know but i mean there's some there's an element i guess of just you know going with your gut that helps with that you know yeah,
1: I don't know. You it takes a little while to I mean, you got to anybody who's has any success, I feel like has to trust some kind of artistic inspiration or whatever. Um but it it always helps when it c- goes out in the world and then that people respond to it and then it just gives you more faith in your own.
0: Have you had any songs go out in the world and people don't respond to it that kind of broke your heart?
1: Wow. Um the truth is, is I've only had two radio singles, so, I mean, that that's the only, so far, those are my only barometers. I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of cuts on people's record, but the, that people respond to, um, but I don't know what you call, when you call a, it's hard to say what a response is, you know, unless yeah. just everybody said, this fucking sucks. I've never had that happen. I'm um, well, just like, it. everybody said, this sucks. Um, I'm never you would, you
0: would, I guess Yeah, we'd all, be, we'd all be saying it Behind your back anyway Yeah that's
1: true You know it's like It's all about You know what people say When you're not around right? Yeah I always think
0: it's, fu- it's always weird too It's just like These songwriters work so hard The producers work so hard The mm-hmm. artists try to do it And all of a sudden Coming up at 6 O'clock on W whatever We're gonna have the Fucking bullfight Between these two songs And the winner gets to move on <laughs> It's like That ain't You know That shouldn't really really de- Fucking des- decide what yeah. You know the only thing
1: we, we gotta have some way To say something's better Than the other But the truth is I mean What the fuck It's like it's, Do things have inherent Do do songs have inherent value I have my own I have my own criteria That I'd say something's good And you know Then my, my grandma has another She didn't You know
0: Yeah and there's songs That like I can To me they aren't that great But they were playing When I got my First hand job Or whatever You know <laughs> Um you know, songs can get have meaning too. I didn't. Wow, uh, maybe it was a weird example. Wow, I'm just trying to think. What? What song was playing?
1: Yeah, I don't think there was anything
0: playing. Um, mm, uh, mine was just my 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 cousin saying, you know, <laughs> hurry this up. <laughs> I think she was listening to an Sync actually. Um, but no, m- more importantly, I want to get into Republican Hair. Yeah, Republican Hair. Republican Hair is your band. Mm-hmm. Not only do you write hit songs, which may not be hits, but you write a lot of big cuts for big Astral artists. Kip Moore, Miranda Lambert, Eric Church, you got your own band. And I think calling them a side project doesn't do them justice because it's a serious, it's like you're... No, nah, man, I'm serious. That's this, is, my, this is your main thing.
1: That's, that's my main thing. It's, and this uh, is.
0: you just put out the... I mean... Again, I'm crazy, but I hear hits on like to me. There's hit songs on there. I think they're hit songs. They're um,
1: it's just sort of a, a quick little EP to sort of smash right at you. What,
0: what what's it called again? I always forget. The Prince and the Duke, and that's um Prince and Bowie. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was kind of that that I had a record before that called High and Tight, and then after I just released High and Tight, I um Bowie had died and um. I had written this song called Constellation because they had named a constellation after him. Um and I just thought that was such a really great tribute or whatever. Um and so I thought what would a I mean, what of what, what a bowie consolation be doing? And so that sort of sp- was a springboard for a song.
0: Yeah, I think I mean part of what I love about it too, not just I love the songs are so fucking catchy. First of all, I love non a good non- a good vibrant non-country scene in Nashville is always a good thing i think
1: yeah man it, you know it's strange i, I mean i've played music in bars since i was 18 years old and uh and i've gotten good crowds you know and stuff but this this band it's just something different you know people i've only we've only been playing in Nashville not even a year now and it's like people are coming out and they want to see it, and they and we want to it's like this musical experience and we're all it's just everybody, and um, some of my
0: listeners may have seen you guys. Seen them? You seen you open up? We did. You did my three record release shows. We did them. We did uh, the um, the exit in, and then we did uh, New
1: York up in uh, the Bowery Ballroom. Yeah, and then the, tr- and the, and Troubadour. the Troubadour.
0: Yeah, it was those were fun shows. Man. Those were rad, and the audience seemed. I mean, it seemed like to be a bit of a country crowd, but they they didn't give a shit. They just didn't. yeah, know, you
1: know, I I kind of went in. And I, I said I just said, yeah, man, let's do it. And then I thought, well, these guys might fucking hate us, man. I didn't know if it's gonna be a sort of chicken wire situation where we got a beer bottle to the head or something. And
0: Mike, I mean, I don't want to speak for you. You were the one who up there, but from from my experience, from watching, it seemed people like people were fucking loving it.
1: Yeah, it was great. Um, I I had an awesome time and. Um, I don't know. It just goes to show, man. To me, it's just like good music is good music. Yeah, that's and, what it all comes and, to. And, and and if you're up there having a good time, and people want to have a good time, and um, rednecks love Prince, rednecks love Bowie, um, cosmopolitan people love Prince. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. Do, I mean,
0: we were, that's what we were talking about a little bit before we we uh, we started this interview, just because. We're taping this on a day. Tom Petty just passed away, and we're both dealing with that on our own, but I was just saying, as much as I love... I mean, he's one of my favorites, but I'm not sure any two hit me more than Bowie and Prince, also them being so close together, I think.
1: Those two hit me hard, but... I, um, And and I feel, I feel like they're more... God, it's hard to say that they're more enigmatic as, as characters. You, 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 know,
0: you know what it is for me, not to interrupt, which yeah. I just did? Like... P- Tom Petty seems like a human being. Yeah, Bowie and Prince seem like aliens.
1: That's absolutely that's absolutely true. I guess that's what I was trying to get at is, is they're they yeah. they're they're, are, they're real enigmas and and Prince more so than Bowie. Bowie was a little bit human. Yeah, um, I
0: think Prince was just like was almost like he. How does this person like? It's even crazy to think we we walk the same earth as Prince. Right. And when I was on to go see him play, it was like I'm in the same room as Prince. He plays every instrument. And he's got that crazy voice. That cr- you know, was it? You know, and it was the craziest. Cr- I mean, it was like, it was older black men in suits. It was young hipsters. It was girls. It was boys. I was never seen a, a guy like that. You know, and he would make whole albums of just that's just him p- p- playing every instrument. You know?
1: I th- honestly think, and and it's like I was affected by the death of those two guys, and I was inspired. I'm mean, inspired by the careers, of both of those, but. Emotionally, I feel like you know Tom Petty going. It's like I don't know. It's like a friend or something dying to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, because you get close to those those songs, and you know they there. There's something about Tom Petty songs to me that I got into really earth. They remind me so much of you know being younger. You know, Free falling is just made for a twelve year old. I feel yeah. like.
1: That's about when I think I was like 12 when it came out. And I just remember that skateboard skateboarding in the video. And uh, that, it, I don't know. I feel like I'm not doing it justice, but it just I, I don't know. It, I He's he's yeah, he seemed it, it if, if Tom Petty could do it, I could do it. I
0: always felt. Yeah. Like I mean, it. he seemed human, you know, in a good way, which is like, oh, shit. He's just not, a regular guy who can write these amazing fucking. Yeah, songs. not
1: only can Tom Petty do it, but those fucking songs are so good. I will not. I will never grow tired of listening to those songs. And I mean, this deserted island kind of stuff. It's like I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need American Girl. You know? Yeah, it's like
0: I, I won't back down. Now seems like a given, but yeah, that song hadn't been written before. You know? Yeah. You needed that guy who had been through that what he'd been through to write that song and sing that song. And it's yeah. just like, that was one, I've almost, like, I pictured them in the studio when they got done, just like, my reaction would have been like, how did no one do this before? Yeah. Because it's just like the most obvious, you know. Because <laughs> um, I was, you know, I was talking to a friend just before, as we were just talking about, you know, how much I identify with those lyrics. When people tell me no I can't do something, that's when I get more pissed. Yeah. And that's really what the, you know, that's
1: there, there's there's something
0: like some sort of
1: strange defiance in his in his lyrics too. It's like they all sound and I mean his all his hits mostly are up tempo hits, you know, and, and uh I always felt like that was the wonderful trick that Tom Petty could do is that he could take some sad instance and turn it into this song of defiance or song that was that was
0: that made you wanna pump your fist into the air, you know. Well that that's um, that's a th- magic. Other thing about to me about Tom Petty which maybe people will start realizing more now that he's gone I think he's the king of the the deep tracks. Like he's got songs from deep tracks from albums you, people don't even know that sound to me like fucking I don't know what a hit is but sound like it like what would you say? Um the what, there's there's the Stevie Nicks one which wasn't even a Oh, um, stop
1: dragging my heart around. No, no,
0: that was a that was a hit, but he did oh. another one with her called The Insider, right? Oh yeah. Which is such a great fucking tune. And you know that song um I got I have to sing songs to myself to remind myself. The Night Watchman like is such a crazy weird what song. What
1: record is that on? The Night
0: Watchman. Some of his records get confusing which ones are which cuz they're The right. 80s get confusing. Yeah, um The Night Watchman was on um what? Might be long after dark. I don't know. What's your
1: favorite Tom Petty record?
0: Um, well, when I ever talk about favorite favorite records, it gets sentimental. Yeah, you know, it's just like it's not really my favorite. It's just a, I bought Full Moon Fever at a time oh. when I was still, li- you know, getting into music. Yeah, that it, it and and I bought it was the one that f- it was probably the first album I bought with my own money. Uh huh. So that means more to me than you know w- which songs or which. So I
1: remember. uh when I was living in the country, I remember this girl's dad liked to listen to Tom Petty. And I remember we came in the house and it smelled like grass. Um, him listening to Full Moon Fever in there, mm-hmm. smoking weed. Which, you know, uh, these are like country people living in town. It's like the these are norm normies smoking weed and listening to Tom Petty. It's not like, um, you know. Bikers, list, you know, smoking yeah, yeah. where it's... Con- I mean, he's
0: he's one. Guy I was noticing on social media today, like, there's nobody who doesn't like Tom Petty. Yeah, he really was. You're an asshole if you don't. Yeah, I mean, there are there are people who don't like him. They're fucking assholes. They're assholes. But yeah, by the way, Night Watchman's on Hard Promises, which, by the way, is another one that's just beginning to end. Just these great songs people don't. That's where Insider is. Um, something something big. You heard that? You know that song? Mm-hmm. That's a great fucking tune. Um. Mm-hmm. It's Hard Promises, the hit off that
1: one is uh, uh, The Waiting. D- the Waiting. Oh, I thought it was Don't, uh, Don't, 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 Don't. What's that one? Uh,
0: with the keyboard.
1: You better watch what you say.
0: Oh, yeah, that was the weird one. That was. um. You watch I think that was su- Southern Accents, right? Don't, get uh, don't come around good
1: here. Love is hard to find. Oh, you yeah. You got lucky, babe. That. When I found you.
0: Um, no, you got that, lucky Yeah, I, the one I think about it so much is Don't Come Around Here No More Which is yeah, so, the, the weirdest fucking song It is so weird On the southern accents Which is just like kind of all, like a back home record It's bizarre All of a sudden it's there's a, this just kind of new wave
1: I thought it was uh, That recording to me is such a piece of genius Yeah You know, he, he did that with uh, um, God, I can't think of his name The guy who, uh, Eurythmics, Dave Stewart He did yeah, that yeah. with Dave Stewart
0: yeah, he did, he worked with him for a while on some stuff, and actually, in his later stuff, he had one called um. Well, what? He had he had an album come out a couple of years ago. It's so just one another one of his solo albums, Highway Companion, that I thought was really good. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, I had to
1: actually. I think I told you this. It was, I didn't know, man. I'd been my head to the grindstone, riding all day, and then. I just sort of popped into Instagram and saw your pictures. I saw your post. It was the don't back down lyrics. And I was like, please let this be some kind of a sick joke. And, you know, then I just hit it. And I was like, oh, God, man. And I hit. I just turned on American Girl on the way over here and just fucking blared it as loud
0: as I can. Yeah. And by the way, as a side note, I still to this day, best use of music in a movie American Girl and Signs of the Land. That is the creepiest, isn't it? It's the pr- it's just so it's the craziest thing. It uh-huh. just I've never seen music fit a scene so perfectly. It's like how do they make that song creepy? Because it's uh-huh. not there's nothing creepy about that song, but the way it's Jonathan Demi, I think. Yeah, right? it,
1: it it is a perfect bizarre placement. Yeah. Um, strangely, it didn't it didn't doesn't color my perception of it. Yeah, but it, it's a great placement.
0: Yeah, it's a great it's a great tune. I mean. He influenced so many. I mean, I remember. Besides the fact there's so many classic rockers and even country guys who love Tom Petty. M- remember when the Strokes came out? They were everyone was saying they were Tom Petty ripoffs. Like, oh really? Like th- that. Um, oh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so it's yeah. like it hits all c- fucking corners yeah. of it. Um. But anyway, so wow. I do want people to check out Republican Hair.
1: Check out Republican Hair. RepublicanHair.org, yeah. dot org, where yeah. it was official.
0: And the uh, the new EP, my my only here's my only note on Republican Hair. You gotta get a record because I, I I listen to EPs on the road because uh-huh. I drive from Nashville to my hometown yeah. in Kentucky a lot, and I rock out to R- Republican Hair. Uh-huh. It's done in fifteen it's minutes. It's done in fifteen minutes. I want another. Ha- most people
1: minute. need music in five minute doses, and they're I, I know, but I'm I'm not like most. But you people. gotta listen to the first record.
0: I listen to both, but I'm just saying
1: you want a whole record i want
0: whole but that's probably part i assume that's part of the plan yeah
1: whole record i got a whole and get a whole another ep in 2018 then you can just put them together you know we're playing out got that kind of time we're <laughs> we're putting out vinyl in a month and I, our first record even though it's a full lp the songs are short and so we just kicked a couple songs off and it's like you know still nine songs and it all all that Will fit on one side, and then the whole new EP will fit on the other side.
0: Yeah, it's weird. to Time out that shit. I remember uh-huh. having to go through that. Like, it's like just fucking smush it in. Like, I don't really know how vinyl works, so I'm just like talking to some dude, technical yeah. dude. Just fucking put it on there. Just I'm just like smush it a little bit. He's like, <laughs> it's like smush is not a technical fucking term. <laughs> and then um, because I also went for the um, because I same way as you, I kind of and I pay for my own shit. Mm-hmm. The first record I wanted, jizz covered vinyl, mm-hmm. like clear vinyl that looked like people had whacked off on it, mm-hmm. and they actually found a way to do it. Yeah, and then I got the fucking price back, and I was like, you know what? They actually have to jizz on it themselves because <laughs> this is just too fucking expensive, you know. And then I me- then I remember thinking like, I gotta make a record so good they jizz on it because yeah. If I just covered vinyl, it works. If there is fucking jizz,
1: did, 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 are there any reviews that it, this is so good I jizzed on it?
0: Oh, if you look on iTunes, that's basically every review. Oh, uh, Wow. Um, well, actually, that's about half the. the other half are, is a uh, you are going to hell. Fuck you. Oh, you know, with using this light, you know, I I don't need this. Well, um, I
1: like I said, Andy War. Uh, like I said, that Andy Warhol said, you got to measure, measure your publicity <laughs> in inches.
0: Yeah, I mean. The people who hate my shit, I think I've always said, sell it more than the people who they get so mad and angry about it, and so they uh-huh. get the people who don't like your shit mm-hmm. are way more loud than the people who like it. I think that that's like Yelpers and stuff too, right? Probably,
1: yeah. Yeah, There's like this Chinese food has pockets of baby roaches in it, and it's like, ah, eh, you know, potato potato.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> let me just see that. You know what? <laughs> Let me see, the, let me just, carve. I want to eat there anyway. Let me carve out the best veggies, you know. It's like, I found a piece of shit on my pizza. I'm like, you know what? It's The, the price is good, and it's right here. I don't give a shit. Uh, uh, so what's next on, what's on the table for you? you got, I'm about to go have a meal with my wife. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean immediately, but yeah.
1: Future plans here i am uh we're playing a show in nashville in another month i'm excited about that and putting out um putting out a um our commemorative vinyl and i'm excited about that and then um working on this documentary in the new year and hopefully um, and that's the one kind of about you and that's about me and the strip joint in oklahoma city and my mom my family and all that i'm I'm pretty excited about that. Any
0: film producers on here want to want to fund a documentary? Yeah, man. Just uh, send us a
1: cashier's check. Yeah. Um, send it straight to Wheeler. He'll hand it over to you. I'll get me. it.
0: Yeah, don't make it out to me. I'll spend it. <laughs> and he'll... Uh, um, I, I assume there's got to be some naked tits in there. Just to, I'm trying to sell it here. We found, actually, a lot of these wonderful old slides
1: um, that the owner... Um, had taken across the years, and I mean, he was actually a really good photographer. Um, and so we've been compiling all these slides and stuff like that as B-roll for the film. Um, so I guess the short answer is,
0: yeah. Yeah, There's t- so there's tits. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to make a sale here. Yeah. Um, you know it's crazy? My grandpa, who's from Nashville, when he died, we went through all his shit, and he was really into photography. I didn't yeah. really know it. We found a box. Or your grandma? No, 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 no. It's oh. not a dirty story. But we found oh. a box of old. He got into 3D photography. Got really big for Whoa. a while, which is where you would actually put on. Oh yeah, yeah, those, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. like like a, what do they call those? The, it's kind of like a ViewMaster yep, kind of. Yep. And um, what it was, it was it was a camera that took two pictures, like your eye, you know. Uh huh. So you put the thing in, and it looked like fucking 3D. And my grandpa in Nashville had boxes in his fucking closet, and after. And it was the craziest thing because it, it the 3D's dead on cuz all 3D is is both your eyes. Yeah. It's my family and my it's a weird thing seeing your mom at 6 years old in 3D. That's
1: it, really really cool. Yeah,
0: but it blows your mind cuz it's just like I feel like I can t- you, know, you you don't get to meet your mom as a uh-huh. baby, of course, yeah. unless you're back unless you're Marty McFly, you know.
1: <laughs> I don't mean, you know, I guess I don't mean to make this about me, but let's make this about me. It's a look dick. That's yeah. a Luke dick. You're my guest. Um that's actually, I mean, Besides um, get, getting to hang out in a strip club, um, interviewing people—that's one of my, I guess, the real draw to me is getting to relive your parents' um, wild stories um, from being. That kids. you probably, probably didn't even know about, yeah. Yeah, you don't know about, and what are they doing, and wh- what is it? what kind of bullshit they were getting into when they were in their 20s is that you don't know about, you know, and it sort of makes a sort of th- so three, where are you? 3D image of well, them. Well, why
0: don't you... Would you ever think about putting up, like, what's that, like a GoFundMe or something like that?
1: Yeah, we did a Kickstarter. It was, like, an overwhelming success, and, and a lot of new characters from the movie came out of the Kickstarter thing. It was kind of a... A local sensation, I guess you could say, and we got a lot of emails. Local, national,
0: local, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. It's it's. Speaking of which, I haven't sold enough tickets in Oklahoma City. Oh
1: wow! You mean call my family and have them come to your show? Yeah, I I need anything I can
0: get at this point. How many have you sold? I don't know, but I know the whole tour except Oklahoma City sold out. Wow! So we must must be a uh, a little. uh, Black hole of Wheeler fans. Well, you know, need Republican it. hair to come pull draw a few people. I am not against it. <laughs> um, it's a long, it's a long way to go for one gig, yeah. but, <laughs> but hey, man, uh, you uh, you never know. But uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, Wheeler Walker's third record will have a Luke Dick uh, co write on there somewhere. Let's do it. So on there somewhere, if not a lot of wares. Um, but thanks for s- stopping by, hanging out. Thanks, old Wheeler. Uh, thanks, buddy. Um figure This might be my longest podcast. Hold on. Holy shit. That was Luke Dick. And uh go buy Republican hair. See ya. Don't stream it. Buy It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. Everybody else sucks, man. I am the best. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. Well, that was it. Luke Dick. Cool guy. Um dig that guy we we sat around and tried to write some songs we had a bunch of fun problem is with people you dig it's you go to write song you end up just kind of hanging out and talking and chilling but uh he's you know he's a good dude hopefully I'll write some more shit with him <sighs> anyway see you on the road west coast dates coming up right we we'll are doing Vegas and then a couple like LA uh Orange County and what else is it? San Diego, maybe? I don't know. Phoenix. No way. See you on the road. See you fuckers later.